Welcome to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green, where you'll discover actionable strategies to help your student to reach their academic goals, to excel at standardized testing, and to plan for the college admissions process painlessly. And now, here's your host, Dr. Stephen Green. All right, it is that time again. Thursday night. That means Thursday night education live, education live Thursday. And uh, just a couple quick background things before I bring in a guest I'm super excited to have on uh, this week. Uh, you know, it's, it's almost uh, halfway, well, basically halfway through October, right? And, uh, you know, we're starting to have a lot of these discussions I'm having with parents where they're starting to bring kids back to school. Should we do it? Should we not do it? Some people didn't want them to not do it at all. A lot of debate. And uh, I, don't, I don't have a strong opinion. I, you know, I'm, a, I'm just about getting education done. Virtually, live, obviously live is the norm. But, uh, you know, if it has to be virtual, it's virtual. And, you know, the whole thing is, is we got to just do the best we can to educate and to give the students the best chance they can to get the education that they need and worry about it from there. So it's really about the delivery and meeting everybody meeting where they can kind of in the middle. But... You know, we're going to be transitioning. A lot of the schools are coming into the end of their first quarters, uh, which was when a lot of them had decided they were going to try to go back. And so I'm seeing a lot of that. And, and we're going to, so I'm just kind of throwing that out there. Secondly, don't forget, Education Live Thursday is sponsored now by the Success Community. Yeah, we've had some great sponsors in the past. Success Community. If you have questions you want answered, uh, you know, you got a question about algebra, science, reading, no matter. You throw it in the community, you get answers. Fabulous resource, makethegrade.education. So my guest today, and let's say hello. Say hello to Samantha. Hello, Samantha. Hi, how Samantha, are you? Samantha, I'm going to probably get to botch this. Curiali Feynman, right? Not bad, yes. Right, not too bad, yeah. So uh, <laughs> MSED, very impressive. T-S-H-H, not even sure what that means. We'll learn about that. But here's the important thing. She is the director of the New Frontiers executive fun functioning coach business. Executive functioning is a, is a big, uh, can we call it a buzzword? Is it a buzzword? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something that people are talking more about in, you know, the world of teaching and learning these days. Yeah, because they should, and they should mm -hmm. be, because it's important. And, you know, in the old days we used to call it like, I don't know how you think or something. I don't even know. <laughs> yep. But, um, Samantha, I, I, I got to thank her again. She was one of the speakers at the virtual back to school workshop did a great job presented some really killer content and we're going to revisit some of that so here's the deal Let, let's let's do this just in case there's anybody who does not know or maybe has been living under a rock in the educational sense why don't you define executive functioning sure and maybe tell us a little bit about what as a coach uh you would do sure sure so so executive functioning it you know it's there's technical definitions and then there's like, you know, layman's terms definitions. And, and so it's really an umbrella term that houses a lot of different cognitive processes that are associated with goal directed behavior. So what I mean by that is um, it's associated with a, a person's ability to set goals for themselves, mm -hmm. then work towards those goals and then achieve those goals. And so it's, it's, you know, I, I like to say, I, I heard somebody say one time, so I put it in quotes, it's the CEO of the brain, 
right? It's kind of all of the, the systems that are going on almost automatically that help a person get from point A to point B. So it helps, it helps to get you to the end zone. I have a goal and my executive function skills are, are helping me to get there. So, you know, I mean, a, a good practical example would be like, I had the goal of coming on here today, right? To, to, mm -hmm. to do this with you. And so, you know, a lot of things had to go on in the background in, in order for that to be successful, right? Like we had to schedule it. It had to be my calendar. I had to remember to log on. I had to remember to, right? Like all of these things that go into Which it. Some people probably take for granted. For sure. Well, so, right. I think for some people, it's just an automatic process, right? You don't even recognize that you're going through all of these different steps to achieve your goal. If you, if you have good executive functioning skills, then you're able to do this pretty fluently and without a lot of effort. But for those that have executive function weakness, sometimes these things, if, if, if you have deficits in some of these areas like planning or time management or organizing yourself, then mm -hmm. there's there's gaps in your ability to get from knowing what you want to do to actually getting there. Which uh, let I assume can be problematic, particularly yeah. in a setting where you need to be goal oriented, like school sure. or a job absolutely <laughs> or life <laughs> yeah um you know and i'm not trying to make light of it i'm just you know it it, it this is a kind of a, a, a macro right thing. so as a coach uh is this a therapeutic sort of relationship is this a a strategic sort of relationship is it a give them tools and help develop tools How, you know what, what's the basic approach is there a diagnostic i mean because somebody has to be um, assess to right. have an executive functioning challenge, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I always like to say in situations like this, a diagnosis is only as good as like what it tells you, like what it can be used for. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, and having, having a diagnosis of, of demonstrating executive function weaknesses don't really tell you anything other than you have weaknesses with executive function, but there are so many skills that go into executive function that you really have to parse out what are the skills that I'm struggling with and what can I do in order to um, to work on them, to 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 be able to do them more efficiently? You know, so you have everything from following directions to being able to control your impulses, focusing, persisting. Those are all um, self-regulatory strategies that go along with executive functioning. And then you have this goal, like specific goal directed behavior, things like we were talking about before planning, organization, um, prioritizing what to do versus what isn't necessarily, you know, kind of in the forefront right now or being able to, to check and, and see if you're achieving what you want to achieve. And if not, how to revisit kind of the strategies you're using. All of those things, whether they be the self-regulatory strategies or the goal directed behavior, those are all different levels of executive function skills that are contributing to your success. The interesting thing about it is if, if, if you're not good at planning an organization, then the behaviors that you demonstrate can look like, you know, we hear a lot of parents saying things like, Oh, my son, you know, my son or daughter is just lazy. They don't care about school. They never get their mm -hmm. homework done. Right. So, so when you have these types of weaknesses, they're very invisible, right? We don't wear them on our sleeves. We don't see them. 
And so when that happens, what ends, what, 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 what ends up happening is we look at the behaviors that are a result of having executive function weakness. And we think those are, those behaviors are the real issue when it's not, it's just manifested through the executive function weakness. And that's where the coaching comes in. You know, what I can tell you coaching is not is coaching is not doing for the client, right? Coaching, coaching is the process of guiding our clients through the 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 areas that they're struggling with in terms of executive functioning so that they learn how to do those things more independently and so you know if you think of the analogy of like a coach right with a sports mm -hmm. team a coach doesn't tell you exactly what you need to be doing when but they are really focused at what is your task at hand and how can they how can i encourage you and develop your skills so that you can be the best player you can be and so the, the analogy is very similar with executive functioning coaching right what skills what strategies can i teach you to help you plan better to help you organize better to help you study more efficiently to help you prioritize um, what you need mm. to get done and and so so it's a very inter integrated process in in that Coaches and 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 clients are all part of the process, right? It's not just the coach teaching the client, but the client is part that part of that process. And because executive functioning is really like an inner dialogue, the coach is modeling for the client what their inner dialogue looks like to help them have good executive functioning skills. So coaching is just all about mm. the encouragement and the development of skills so that eventually you can do these things independently. Whew. I know Mouthful. it's a lot. Yeah, it was I know. A lot. Well, I, listen, I could talk about this for <laughs> hours. How long do we have? <laughs> uh, I guess we got till Saturday. Well, but, but okay, here's good. the thing. Here, so let me, I, let, me try to, let me try to break this down a little bit. Because I, I I don't think what you said is not understandable, right? Um, but it's it's just so broad, right? Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure there's degrees. There's probably very um, uh, severe uh, lack uh, uh, deficiency and minor. Um, one thing you said I want to just talk about a little bit is the manifestation of the issue mm -hmm. versus the issue itself, right? Sure. So a, a child, you know, I'm you know I'm an academic. So let's say I, I get kids show up all the time and like they got a notebook. Well, when they showed up. <laughs> You know, the, the papers are like in 19 different directions. Not, right. not that. So my conclusion might be, well, maybe this child's unorganized mm -hmm. or just messy. Mm -hmm. Whereas maybe the lens should be, hmm, maybe the messiness or the disorganization is a manifestation of an executing function disconnect on yeah. some level. Right. right. Now, right. that might be reading into a little bit in some particular cases, but it's just something that's a little bit of a, a, of a um, awareness to have. As yep. somebody's trying to help somebody. Right. Because it might not be as simple as say, hey, come on, let's stack your papers up. Let's make them, you know, let's, you know, make them nice and neat. You know, like exactly. us, us obsessive compulsive people. Yeah, <laughs> like I have that. Do. I have that as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so is, so I, I'm going to assume the coaching is, is giving skills. Correct. To put into place day to day. Um, obviously you do one-on-one, -on -one, you do a little bit of group. Mm -hmm. Um at what point, because um, look, this is the challenge I have, and I imagine you do too, so how do you deal with this? I might, there's 168 hours in a week. Maybe I get a kid one or two, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. They're on their own, they're 166. They're sleeping mm -hmm. however many, uh, whatever. But um, 
But it, we need to get them to the point where when they're with us and we're prompting them and we're kind of holding their hands, so to speak. But the independence is the challenge. Sure. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And yeah. any tricks, secrets, you know, from your vast experience of, of something that, you know, can accelerate that or is it just a process? Does it just take some amount of time? I think it's very individualized, right? Some some individuals have really significant executive function weakness that they've lived with for years and years and years, and others um, it's caught early, right, and remediated um, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so you know, I think it the con looking at the context is really important and what the clients are struggling with in particular, and then also how you provide coaching to remediate the, the um, struggles or the issues that they're encountering, I think, and being flexible with that is really important as well. You know, and so, so sometimes we have clients that really benefit from longer sessions to plan, organize, look at the big picture, look at the smaller picture, right? And do some, some, some long-term and, and, and short-term planning and then they can go away and they can execute that plan, right? Because their issue is not execution. Their issue is looking at the big picture and then breaking it down into smaller pieces. Chunking. Right, exactly. Whereas other clients that we work with may have a more difficult time. They may know exactly what they need to do when, but they have a hard time executing it. They don't know, they, they can't get themselves started, They right? But once they get started, they're on a roll. And so that first client w- that needs the kind of longer session for planning and less time for execution, you know, they may really benefit from one session or two sessions that a week that are longer. Whereas the, the client that needs help kind of initiating and executing, um, they may need much shorter sessions, but m- on a much more daily basis to get used to, okay, I know what I need to do. Now I need to do it. And so I think the flexibility in how you provide the coaching really has to fit the needs of the client because coaching, it doesn't really, it, it doesn't mean anything unless the, the client is bought into wanting to try the coaching to develop the skills to be successful. You know, you and I both, we've worked in education long enough to know that learned helplessness is a real thing, right? As children get older and they're more and more unsuccessful they mm-hmm. they they begin to they begin to think more often than not that they're just not equipped for this kind of work. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. I'm right. right. I just can't be a good student. I'm just never going to be able to get this. So why am I even going to bother to try? So it's you know it, it's with those types of clients. Sometimes just getting the buy-in takes some time, and then when they start to see that they can actually be successful when they develop the skills and start to change their behavior, that's when we start to see the magic happen. I want to get to Ron's question in a second, but uh, because assessment's important here, right? We, we can't, I stay away from the word treat because we're therapists, we're not medical. Right, exactly. You can't assist, you can't solve a problem if you don't know what the problem is. But so th- I'm sure you have an assessment process, right? Which we're going to get to in a second. But um, do, do, is there any correlation and and i I gotta tell you i'm not super up on my neurophysiological development but you know obviously the brain grows you know as as a person grows into their teens or whatever is there any correlation with 
um, the maturation and the plasticity of the brain and particular areas of sensitivity uh, when these things start to manifest. Like, I, I, just an example, I have no idea if this is factually correct, but around when somebody's nine, I don't know, right. their, their medulla oblongata or whatever has a certain uh, development and, and sometimes that doesn't coordinate with something else. Yep. Is there any science behind that or is it, this just completely a, 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 a sort of anecdotal analysis? It's a, it's a good question. You know, I think that, um, I think that what, like how we look at how um, executive functioning skills unfold, right? It, the influence on, influences on it. I think they can be a combination, just like a lot of other things, it, you know, a combination of biological, social, and environmental factors. So, you know, when you're talking about biological factors, there's definitely a, um, a relationship between, um, you know, parents' genetics, right, and their children's genetics. And, mm -hmm. and there's also, a you know, an environmental consideration there. Parents' skills are directly related to their children's skills. So many times when parents have poor executive function skills, their children can also demonstrate, um, you know, poor executive function skills. So I think you do have some of that biological component, but you also have things like lack of access to resources, um, right. environmental right. toxins, and also just thinking about how we take in information today, right? Because executive functioning really requires you to be able to filter important information and, and, and get rid of irrelevant information, right? And if you really look at our society today, I mean, we are all inundated with data and information and stimulation. and stimulation at a very, very high level, much higher than we ever had before. And sometimes it's just too difficult, depending where you are in that level of maturity, right? Sometimes it's just too difficult to keep up with, with all of it. And so I, I kind of think of it like a clogged funnel, right? Like if your brain is a funnel, and it can only take in a certain amount of information at a time, but a lot of information is coming at it and it's not efficient at filtering out relevant versus irrelevant information, then it, things get backed up, it gets clogged. Um, but even more so, I, I think that if we look at, if we look at the expectations of the environment, especially in like the format of school, we see that the, the need to demonstrate executive functioning skills it changes as kids get older. And so when they're in elementary school, they're learning how to learn, right? Like we, mm -hmm. we know that most of elementary school is learning the basics, learning the foundations to education, learning how to follow directions, pay attention, sit in your chair, right? Focus, um, work with others, share with others, follow rules and regulations. And then when they get to middle school, it's a non-negotiable, right? They have to be able to do those things. They have to access curriculum. They have to use a locker. But we see that as they start to move through middle school, high school, college, and beyond, the expectations of what they can do get more and more increased in, in the area of executive functioning skills. So if you look at something like following directions, in elementary school, you know, you're following one step, maybe two step directions. In middle school and high school, you're following multi-step directions with a delayed response, right? You're given mm -hmm. much more complicated directions and not expected to act on it maybe mm -hmm. for one, two, three, four days mm -hmm. down the road. So you could see it matures, um, you know, both biologically, but also in terms of the expectation of the environment. We see a lot of kids start to really 
if they have executive function weakness, we see that it starts to get demonstrated a lot in middle school because the expectation is that they're more independent once they get there. And that's where you're, when your executive function skills are important. Interesting. As if there isn't enough adjustment in middle school right? at that age, yeah. you know, with everything else going on in right. the person's body. Hey, this is uh, Education Live Thursday. My guest, Samantha Feynman, executive functioning coach. Fascinating discussion here. We are here every Thursday night. And my guest next week, school psychologist Sarah Lorraine, who was also a speaker at the Back to School event. Samantha might remember Sarah. Um, we're going to be talking about IEPs, how you get them, how you maintain them, especially in this virtual world right now and some other things. A um, couple quick, just kind of quick questions here. So we got, sure. I think we got a nature versus nurture thing going on here a little bit, right? Sure. Absolutely. Listen, if you're in a household where you got two parents who are completely unorganized, they might not even executive function issues. They might just be unorganized. Mm -hmm. Kids mirror their parents. Mm -hmm. You also got parents that are completely, you know, you know the salt's got to go here and the pepper's got to go there. Absolutely. Like where I grew up. Yeah. Um, can you, let, let, let's get to Ron's question. Ron Shapiro, thank you for your question. So um, obviously you have an assessment thing. Is this done, is it like an IEP? Uh, I should say IEP. Is it like a psyche eval sort of thing? Is it that deep? Is it right. more anecdotal? I mean, you know, just is it a more of a surface thing? I'm, I'm sure you have enough experience where, you know, you could probably get a sense intuitively. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a good um, question. It's, it's a good question. I mean, we, I'm, we I'm definitely. from the perspective of a parent saying, gee. Sure. I'd like to my get, get my kid assessed. Is it an mm -hmm. hour? Is it a whole day? Is mm -hmm. it a three-day mm -hmm. thing? Right. Because some of these psyche valves are, can get really heavy. Right. So, you know, you know the, so, so, you know, the assessment, the, the, the formal assessment process is really important to diagnose, right? And then the work that we do, it's really important to collect more background information to see how it's actually manifesting in the person's day-to-day -day responsibilities. Because in order for us to help remediate the, the, the weaknesses, we need to know exactly what does it look like, right? So, so uh, you know, a, a formal assessment may tell us that, um, you know, a client has issues with um, organization, but we need to see what you know, through interviews and through questionnaires and through gathering background information. Well, what does that look like in your environment when you live your life day to day? Hmm. And, and so, you know, we, we don't, we don't, we don't provide formal evaluations. We certainly review them of our clients look that come into us. We rely much more heavily on just gathering background information of, of how, how, what does it look like? How does it manifest in the client's day to day responsibilities? So, most of most of the most of the way that we assess is just by having conversations with the clients and their families. How is what's going on in school? What's your favorite class? Why? What what class do you are you struggling with the most and why? You know, how how are you doing in your classes? Where are you falling behind? What are you falling behind on? What does your social life look like? What is, you know, how do you know what to do and when? Do you make your own appointments? Do you keep your own schedule? Do you use a planner? Do you, let me see your backpack, right? So all of the things that are, that are real life indicators of, of what your, how your executive functioning skills play out. Because when you have that information, then you can actually act upon it. Okay, so you, you know, you're disorganized when it comes to keeping your papers. 
how do you know you're disorganized? Just because papers are messy doesn't mean you're disorganized, right? right. If, if you can you're find it, right. Exactly, right? I know lots of people that, you know, lawyers especially, right? Like not to stereotype <laughs> lawyers, but you walk into many lawyers' offices, right? right? Their papers are all over, right? Yeah. right? And they oh, I know where that paper is from 1987, right there. And they dig mm -hmm. it out and here it is. So that, you know, that's not disorganization. That's a different organizational structure than maybe somebody else would use. But if a student is, if it's not serving the student, right? If, if paper's all over the place and they can't find things, then they need to come up with a better system. Mm -hmm. The thing is, the thing is, is that, that, that many times kids with executive function weakness, they don't recognize that the disorganization of papers is leading to an inability to hand in your homework or leading into an inability to study. And so that's when the coaching comes in, right? And we provide instruction around, okay, this is what organization is. This is how your system currently is not working for you. And this is a new system we're gonna try together. And then we're gonna evaluate, were you able to find things more effectively? Were you, did you hand in your homework in the way that you were supposed to because it was easily accessible? And so that's where the coaching comes in. And, and it's connection to the assessment process that we follow. If I'm a parent listening to this or watching this, what would you say to them if the question was, how do I know if I should get my kid, my child assessed? Is mm -hmm. there any particular trigger? Mm -hmm. I, I guess, you know, you can always do an assessment and it come up uh, right. negative. Um, right. But, and, and I think sometimes people, well, the kid, you know, I mean, it's different. Like you see people going, you know, shaking and stuff. Oh, it must have right. ADHD, whatever. We're not right. talking about that. Right. Um, but is, are there one or two uh, common, consistent mm -hmm. um, traits that a parent should be on the lookout for? <clears throat> With SPNG, you know, I really should be calling Samantha and her crew and, and making sure that we're, yeah. you know, in the right lane here. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so I, what I would look for is, look, Transitions are difficult for, for everybody, right? And so there's been a lot of transitions that have been happening, right? And so if you think about some transitions like from elementary school to middle school or middle school to high school, those are planned transitions. And But, but within each of those transitions, there's a, a disruption of what level of expectation there is from students. And so you know, if you take kids going from elementary school to middle school as an example, a lot of kids struggle with that transition, right? There's a higher level of expectation of independence. And so, you know, I think of my own daughter who, in the first couple of days of, of middle school, she missed the bus to come home because the buses in middle school don't wait for the kids like they do in elementary school. <laughs> you have to be there on time or they leave without you, right? Exactly. It's a long walk. <laughs> exactly, right? So, so, you know, so I remember, you know, and I said, wow, this was when I, I you know, I said, you know what, she's going to be okay. On the day that she missed the bus, she called me and she said, I want to let you know I missed the bus, but I'm going to figure out how to get home. So she started to activate into problem solving mode. And that was a, that was a, that was really kind of a moment. I said, you know what, let me back off, let her figure this out because she's going through disruption in the transition to, to, to middle school, but she's good. She, she's activating her executive functioning skills to try to figure out how to not let that happen again. And so, you know, that's a good sign. So don't, it's not necessarily the, the disruption, but if they can't get over um, the problematic behavior, right? If they don't recognize that 
every day the same thing is happening over and over again. And every day they're not trying to change their behavior to get a different outcome. That can be an indicator, right? So, you know, if, mm -hmm. if, if a student misses homework and the teacher says you missed your homework because you didn't hand it in online, then a kid with exec good executive functioning skills will start handing their homework in online. A student with poor executive functioning skills may still not make the connection between having to do a, a specific new system and they may need a little bit more support in learning that system and 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 sometimes you know i will tell you so so from i would say look at look at the skills from elementary school to middle school and if if they're if they struggle through through middle school throughout the first two quarters three quarters and they're not kind of like getting into a good groove you may want to think about a little executive functioning coaching to help them get over that hump of transition. Mm. Executive function coaching isn't a life sentence, right? We see a lot of students that when they start with coaching at an early age, they're able to develop skills young, you know, at a young age that they're able to carry through with them as they get older. With students that don't come, come to us until like later in high school or college, there's a lot of catching up on those skills it's many times that they have to do. Right, exactly. Right. And, and on top of it, you're dealing with many times a lot of, um, you know, uh, um, fixed mindset, right? Not thinking that they can do it, not thinking that they can change their behaviors to, to, mm -hmm. to end into a more positive result. So, so that's what I would say. I would also say, you know, we see a lot of parents, especially when kids are in that middle school age, that they, if they start to struggle in school, it can create a very difficult dynamic at home because the parents are trying to help the kids and the kids don't want help from their parents, right? Mm -hmm. Developmentally, adolescents <laughs> want nothing to do that's with a, their that's, parents. That's a big news flash. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, but, so we, but sometimes it really makes a big difference, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, we have to be, so we have to look at, you know, is, are the are the issues that are that are coming home because of, of not being able to follow through responsibilities causing a lot of um, you know ca causing a lot of disruption in the just day to day family life because if you're trying to help your kids and they're trying to become autonomous from you it causes a little bit of a of an issue because they don't want help from you but they need help from somewhere and so that's a really good time to consider having a coach as well I can tell you how many times we've worked with middle school children that their parents come in and they're just, they're, they're beaten up because they just, it's constant fighting at home about homework. Yeah, and then they work with one of our coaches and there's no behavior issues at all. Right. right and it's sure. because it's a different relationship. Same thing. I get, I get parents say to me all the time. They, you know, they come home from working with me. Everything's great. Five minutes later, they're screaming at each other. Exactly. Um, Samantha Feynman, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Executive functioning coach. We're going to wrap up in a few minutes, but, um, this is Thursday night. Thursday Education Live every week. Next week, I got Sarah Lorraine, school psychologist. Got some really great guests in November and December. We're already booked into January. That's how exciting That's this awesome. is. That's awesome. Yeah, it's unbelievable. That's awesome. Um, let me ask you one other question. Then I want to ask you if you have anything to plug or any workshops or anything that you got going out there that you want people to be aware of. Um, is this something, uh, they say a lot like ADHD, and, and there's probably some overlap. Mm-hmm. But uh, is this something kids maybe naturally will outgrow or, they, or maybe they, they naturally develop coping mechanisms where they're able to mask it or, or whatever? Because it, it, it seems like, at least from our discussion tonight, which may not be the whole picture, um, this manifests, let's say, sixth grade. 
maybe peaks eighth, ninth, tenth, and it seems like maybe by the end of high school, at least they figured it out to a functional degree. Doesn't mean they're done. Um, but but it, is it? Do you see this as a cycle, or maybe is there even maybe a case study you might want to share that, you know, without violating any confidentialities, mm-hmm. that would maybe give a good example of a quote unquote typical scenario. In terms of somebody receiving coaching? Yeah, well, just kind of the whole thing. You know, the child had this. I mean, I could give one and tutoring, but that's not going to help for this discussion. But, right. Um, you know, a kid presented with X. Sure. Um, you know, we were able to do YZ and W, and, and now they're, you know, yep. unbelievable, fabulous, straight-A valedictorians. <laughs> well, you know, I, I guess I guess I, we see a, a, a lot of um, – you know, we see a lot of students in different pockets. Like I said before, we, we see a lot of kids – that make that transition to, to middle school. And it's very difficult for them to, to navigate um, online systems. It's hard for them to navigate the, um, the systems and routines that differ from teacher to teacher. They're very used to the one teacher all day, every day. And now mm-hmm. they're learning how to navigate the, the different needs of, of different teachers and different expectations and different right. systems of different teachers. And so when you know we start to work on those types of things with them and helping them to develop strategies of how to, you know, how to um, use your portal, how to create a, a time structured schedule so that you know when to do your work. It can be very, very helpful in middle school. But I will tell you the college students, it's, it's incredibly gratifying because it, once you get to college, executive functioning is a non-negotiable. And we've mm-hmm. had so many kids that go off to college thinking, oh my gosh, college is gonna be amazing. I'm only taking class like three okay. times a week. Mm-hmm. I have all these breaks, like I have so much. But you know what they don't realize when they go into it is all of all of the work that they're required to do that they that is inferred by taking a college class, right? So so it's always it's always fascinating to see students come in after taking a week or two week of two weeks of, of college classes and they say to us, I don't know what I need to do when, <laughs> I don't know where I need to be. I don't know what I'm doing and Mm. I'm a little overwhelmed here. And so we start, you know, we start class by class by class. And it's, it's, it's really about showing them that there's a big picture and a little picture, right? And the big picture is everything. And the little picture is today and tomorrow and Thursday and, Mm -hmm. and next month and the month after that. And just showing them because so many times the clients are either in the weeds and they don't see the bigger picture or they're at the end of the bigger picture and they don't see all the steps that have to go into getting there. And so they have to be able to do both. And so, you know, a lot of the work we do is laying out that bigger picture and then helping them to lay out the smaller steps and encouraging them through the smaller steps to get to that bigger picture. And then they naturally start to develop those skills. The ability to be able to um, externalize our thought process when it comes to executive functioning skills is very helpful for clients that have executive function weakness. So for clients that really need to know what it means to organize themselves because they don't have that inner monologue, when we when we provide that that monologue externally, they're like, oh, that makes sense. So that's super gratifying. I always love that. Like those aha moments, right? Like the moments where, where they're like, oh, 
okay, I can do that. That makes sense. You know, hmm. um, it's a lot of, it's like just being able to activate into problem solving mode. Interesting. It's, it's, it's such a, um, important work that you do because it's so, it's just, it's just every place, you know, I mean, not yeah. that there aren't many things in education that touch a lot of people, but so many different levels that you can help people and, and get them into a better path. Now, it must be very gratifying, especially when it you is. see, you know, when you see the results. Do you have anything you want to plug, like a workshop or a book or a, a I don't know, a speaking <laughs> tour? I don't know nobody's doing speaking <laughs> tours anymore, but. Uh, well, I mean, I would just say that, you know, if anybody wants to learn more to check out our website, which yeah, how is. How do they um, get a hold of you? Sure. Email, what do you want to, what do you want to give? Yeah, I, got I your, mean, they. Uh, website down below us here but yep web the web is the you know the the um our website is the best thing to start with um it, they could always email me at info at nfil.net or sfineman at nfil.net we have a lot of cool things going on you know we're, we're more than happy to talk to any family that wants to learn more about coaching we have a complimentary call with every family that wants to learn more just to hear what it kind of looks like and what it would look will look like for your son or daughter. We're happy to have those calls with anybody and everybody. But we also host, you know, webinars quite often. So if you get on our mailing list, we send out a newsletter once a month and it outlines the the different speakers and and the different um the different webinars that we do. We we host a a, a bi-weekly webinar with another professional and it's topics everything from you're doing one with us. We're doing mm. I think we're we're doing uh plan what are we doing? Planning or uh, the five success, the five I mean, my successes. Executive broke down. Right, I, I know. Yeah, no, I, I think we're doing planning and things. And yes. uh, but then we have, and then we have other things like music therapy, right? Or or parenting, or mm -hmm. um, so so that it's a, a a plethora of different topics. And mm -hmm. um, and then we also host once a week um, a free parent forum where parents can come and just listen to other parents. Um, discuss issues that they're having and we help problem solve through any issues that they're having with um, their children in school. A lot of it's been focused around COVID lately and online yeah, learning, like right? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a, been, exactly. Unfortunately. Yeah. But it's been, it's been, it's, it's a free, it's a, it's a free forum that you can participate in once a week on Thursdays and you participate how you want. If you want to just listen or if you want to ask a question, um, you know, it's, it's very free form and, and it's, it's a lot of, it's a, a great resource for the community. So if anybody wants to learn any more about that stuff, they can email me or they can go on the website, um, and sign up for our newsletter. But you know, if, if you want to get it right from the horse's mouth, just give me an, send me an email. I'm, I'm very approachable. I'll talk mm -hmm. to everybody and anybody, and I'm happy to give you more information. Well, I, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on here tonight and sharing, you know, a, a huge amount of, of information and, you know, you did a great job as well on the back to school event. And I'm hoping, you know, I can get you back again in a, in a few weeks or well, maybe a few sure. months the way it's going, but um, let's close it out. Let's close it out with this. Um, where, and I ask, I ask all my guests this lately, where do you see, where do you see this, where we are in like three, six, 12 months? Um, I'm, I'm not talking about, we're still going to be virtual school. Do you think the, the acceptance of virtual and how it maybe has impacted what you do mm -hmm. um, is here to stay. Is it temporary? Mm -hmm. Like I can tell you in tutoring, mm -hmm. there are so many more people willing to do online tutoring. Mm -hmm. I, I mm -hmm. used to kind of sort of have to convince people, Hey, it's okay. Yep. It's, it works. It's effective. Technology works. Uh, mm -hmm. Now it's, it's, it's pretty much part mm -hmm. of everybody's life. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think to a degree, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to make inclusion that you don't agree with, but I think people thought that about therapy as well. 
Mm-hmm. You know, how can a therapist mm-hmm. help me if I'm in California and they're in New mm-hmm. York mm-hmm. Or, or whatever? Mm-hmm. If we're not in the same room and we're not, they can't kind of get my body language. But mm-hmm. I think one of the positives is that I think with, when, you get, when you get a good therapist who's a listener and understands that can relate, mm-hmm. it, it can be very effective. The technology, when used well, can work. But I, I just want to get your opinion about that, and then we're going to sure. you know, send you off for your n- milk and cookies <laughs> <laughs> or whatever your nightly routine is. I think, um, I think virtual is here to stay. I think that it opens up a whole new world of support for people. And, and I think you're spot on. Um, you know, we were the same way that people didn't, people weren't ready for virtual at the level that we have now until it was no other, until there was no other option. Mm -hmm. But what came out of it was a lot of positive flexibility, right. That has provide provided us with the, the capacity to be able to support each other at exponential levels. You know, so for us, we have coaches all throughout the country. We have clients all throughout the country. There are no geographical limitations anymore right. to matching coaches and clients in a virtual world. So coaches and clients can be matched together really so nuanced on what their skill sets are and what their specialty areas are and what they need. And we've taken geographical barriers out of that as well as um, session barriers, right? If a a client needs 15 minute check-ins a day, that's hard to do when you're requiring it to do to, to go oh, in person. Take a long um, just to drive to your facility. Absolutely. And right. we've been doing more and more life coaching, Steve. Um, I, especially, same, it's the exact same thing here. Yeah. Especially blocks, 15 exactly. Minute blocks. Right. And for the past six months, you know, we started to see more and more adults in their thirties, forties, fifties, and even sixties, like looking for some life coaching. And they, they may times have a full time job, a family at home, and their ability to meet with a coach is limited. And so to take out of that um, equation, traveling, having to go somewhere, meeting somewhere, then traveling back home, now they can do it from the comfort of their own home. Their Mm -hmm. kids can be sleeping or doing homework in the other room. It's just opened up a whole new world of flexibility to be able to support people. And I, and I, I think people recognize that and they, and, and they, they're thriving on it. Yeah. I, you know, I used to have parents, uh, they would, you know, they'd bring their kid to my office and, then they go out and go food shopping and drop off the dry cleaning and they would sort of time their errands, you know, right. You know, so there is some silver lining. I, I think is, I think is the point it's, it, there's been some bad stuff and there's some things that, you know, obviously we wish hadn't happened, but at least, at least more people have the availability to get the support that they need in a way that can help them. And I, and I think Absolutely. that's really important. Absolutely. All right. So Samantha Feynman, we are good. This was great. I hope awesome. everybody out there appreciated it. Um, let's get your thing up here one more time. What is, what is TSHH? Uh, teacher of a speech and hearing handicap. So I'm also a speech therapist. Ah, okay. Yeah. That was my first career. Yeah, there you go. Well, we all have six or seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just on a totally, you know, Samantha, born and raised New Yorker, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. In the Hudson Valley, at? actually, upstate New York. Upstate New York. Now you live in Long Island, right? I do, yeah. Okay, yes. that's your little personal anecdote here. You got any, uh, you a football fan? 
I'm not. I am not a sports fan. Okay. Um, I, I but I do. I do. I do support my children in playing sports. Um, so my daughter's an, a gifted ice hockey player. Really. And, and my son's just getting into baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the reason I ask is because the Eagles, my team, are playing the Giants. The oh team, well, now I'm now I'm a now I'm a fan. Yeah. Now well, I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm not watching. I'm, I'm I'm focused on what we're doing here. So I'm tape. I'm recording the game so I can there catch up go. after we're done. But because you can fast forward to the commercials now. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's the beauty of it. So I don't know. You know, you want to bet a chocolate chip cookie on the game or something. But, uh, <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. So this is, listen, Thursday Night Live, my guest, Ed Stanthamantha Feynman, thank you so much for sharing what I think is really important information because it affects a lot of people. And it doesn't have to be Absolutely. a major, major, giant, giant thing to, to have an effect and, and to be a difficulty in your life. So Absolutely. if you need it, reach out, take advantage of the consultation, take advantage of the conversation, see if discussion is worth it, assessment's worth it for you. And then you take the next step as needed. So... That is where we are at. I'm going to call this to an end. Next week, we are back here. Education Live Thursday brought to you by the Success Community. Get in there. Get help. Get your stuff taken care of. Make the grade.community. So see everybody next week. If not sooner, let me get the uh, theme music going here. Do you have theme music? I like yours. That's amazing. That's actually me playing the guitar. Thank you so much, Steve. This is a lot of fun. I, I, yeah. I, I'd really like to do it again. We will. We'll, we'll, we'll get it going. I'll, I'll have my people call your people. You got it. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting. There you go. All righty. See you next time. Bye. You've been listening to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. For more resources and support, please visit makethegrade.net.